Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 1, Episode 11, Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. As always, we'll start with a synopsis. In Storybrooke, Emma and Sydney team up to expose Regina for stealing city funds for personal use. Emma presents the evidence at a city council meeting, only to look foolish when it's revealed that Regina was building a playground. Unbeknownst to Emma, Sydney was working with Regina the whole time. In the Enchanted Forest, Snow's father, King Leopold, finds a magic lamp containing an utterly depressed genie whom he frees and grants his final wish to. The genie accompanies the king back to the palace, where the genie falls in love with a seemingly sad Regina. When the king finds evidence in Regina's diary that she has a lover, the king traps Regina in her room and asks the genie for help. The genie aids Regina in killing the king, only to find out that she tricked him. Devastated by her deception, the genie wishes to remain by her side always, which results in a twist that he didn't bargain for. He becomes trapped as Regina's magic mirror. Roger, what did you think of this episode? I really like this episode. I think it's a good episode. It is not a top five episode. Okay. But it's a good backstory episode for Sydney. It's a great story for Regina. You kind of really see where Regina has started to become the um, evil queen slash Madame Mayor. She pulls a Rumpelstiltskin. I mean, this is, for the first time, she's more than one step ahead. Like, usually she's everything is she's reacting and is emotional. This was cold. This was calculating. She manipulates both the genie and her father into regicide. That's, yeah, that's something. Agreed. I love this episode. And, you know, it's not one that I, like, think about often. But while I was watching it, I was like, what a good episode for Regina. Completely masterful plotting in both Storybrooke and the Enchanted Forest. She gets exactly what she wanted. She manipulates Sydney slash the genie to a T. We finally got that payoff of, like, we knew that she killed the king, but we didn't know how. Um, and I guess technically she didn't. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you manipulate the no. person, she killed the kid. Agreed, but uh, physically, but there's hand. not evidence. To, there's not evidence to support that she did it. So also masterful on that on that point. Um, I think this episode is very aptly named "The Fruit of the Poisonous Tree." I mean, Emma uses a lot of illegally obtained evidence, which isn't really evidence at this point, and Regina specifically chooses Agrabah Vipers as the piece of evidence that will implicate the genie in the murder of the king. And we, I believe we see her tree for maybe only the second time, which we of course know that she likes to grow apples from, and which we know she has a specific apple that she got from the Hansel and Gretel episode, so there's a nice little callback to that as well. I also thought that this kind of made me feel sorry for Regina at the beginning. The whole Leopold speech to Snow White... I felt horrible for Regina. Like, this man clearly does not love you the way that he loved his wife. You are second or third in his mind at best behind the daughter. And uh, I don't think he named... Did he name the queen already? I don't think he named her, yeah, no. But But he says your mother. So it was like, wow, this man does not love you quite... And he even reads her diary without permission. Like, it's very, it's almost like she's property. Like, it, it's not... It's, it's one of the rare times you actually feel bad for Regina. Or yeah. Regina. I mean, I'm not trying to defend Regina's actions at all, um, but I do think, like, she's genuinely sad. Like, she's not, like, I I think that, yes, she, she later uh, manipulates the genie masterfully using uh, 
fake emotions, but she is sad about the situation. She's lonely. The king completely ignores her, which is maybe better than him paying attention to her, like, because she also doesn't love him. But I just, it's, and I think the thing that really gets me is when he finds the lamp and he, the genie comes out and the genie says, what do you wish for? And he says, I have everything that I could ever want. And, like, his wife is that sad and he doesn't even notice. Like, come on, man. I think he was talking about material possessions. I see. I see. I, I did have questions when he gets the wish. Okay, you, I think he says you can't bring back those who are dead. You can't make someone love you. He doesn't say you can't tra- ta- time travel. He doesn't say that. That would have been the first move I would have made. Let me go back and save my wife. Or can you, like, figure out how why my wife died? Because I don't think that's ever a thing that they discuss until no. later seasons and they don't I don't think he knows why I think it's just one of those things where she just passes away And but he's clearly sad I mean he's not he seems all jovial but then you see that speech to Snow White King Leopold is not a happy man like he loves Snow but he's not happy in the current situation he doesn't seem happy with Regina so like the fact that he says he has everything is like huh you don't seem as cheerful in this part of it as you did previously I also think that he has a healthy respect for the price of magic uh, which, even yeah. though he didn't make a wish for himself, it still bites him in the ass at the end. Or, sorry, in the neck by two oh, snakes. Oh, nightmare <laughs> um, fuel. And the genie also warns him about the price of magic and then makes a wish that results in a terrible mistake. That was a terrible mistake. It cost him his life. Yeah. So we previously talked about why King George is the way he is. This is the cost of not being the way King George is. Mm. King Leopold tried to do what he thought was a good thing. And his reward was getting stabbed in the neck by two poisonous vipers. Yeah, not great. Honestly, it made me understand exactly why King George is the way he is. You can try to be a good guy and you will die or you can be a bastard and you might live. I also, the the genie, when he comes out of that lamp, Whenever people use the word ennui, I'm always like, Good word. what does that even mean? Thank you. Uh, but, like, the genie is the physical embodiment of that. He's, he's like, living in the lamp. Very, like, I dream of genie style. I love when he's, like, shaking the shaking the lamp and he's moving around. And then he comes out and he's like, you have three wishes. The blah, 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 blah. Like, he's, like, he said this a thousand times. A thousand and, he, and one wishes. And he has seen all of the wishes <laughs> go bad because the price of magic is not worth paying. And then he still uses it. The genie is the weakest of a cast full of weak men that I have probably ever seen in my life. This man has no moral convictions. He has no guts. I mean, how are you going to murder the man that literally set you free? I actually think it's even worse that that, that he has no moral convictions. Because he clearly knows that what he's doing is wrong. Yep. Like, he feels bad about killing the king. Because the king was nice to him. Yep. Um... But he does it anyway. Especially when he could have set her free in many other ways. Oh, absolutely. Like, they have a wish still. Yeah. Like, there are multiple ways. <laughs> the king is not happy. Regina's not happy. Find the king someone he's actually truly happy with. Figure out a way to go get back the dead queen, and then problem solved. I mean, this was, like, the worst possible shortcut choice that he could have made. It was, he is the weakest of the men. Top one weak man. <laughs> Top one. Top one. King, back to King Leopold, too. Like... He's, I would not say he's mean to Regina, but he's very neglectful. He reads her diary, which, like, dude, come on. That's not that 
it's not good, but this isn't like modern times. Like he is the king. Technically he Sure. Okay. I, I get it, but he also specifically tells the genie that he does not love his wife, Regina. And he knows that Regina doesn't love him. He absolutely says that to the genie. I don't think he uses those words. I think he says, I can't love her as much as, like, my... Sure. It's something like... He doesn't say he doesn't love her. It's just that, like, it's not as, like, what it was before. But, like, they clearly don't have a happy marriage, which is fine. Like, I mean, they're... (laughs) A royal marriage is not always a happy one. They don't sleep in the same bed, which, also fine. But then why is he so possessive over her? Like, can't she just, like... Can't they just have their own separate situations going on? That's very, that's a very... He's the king. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It No, literally that is all <laughs> that matters in a kingdom. He's the king. You don't get to have like another relationship when you're the queen or the queen regent or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that like from his point of view, I'm the king. You're in my path. You know the same way that she asked Hansel and Gretel about why won't you just come live with me and how, yeah, you'll be unhappy and you won't be with the person you love, but look, you get all these great treasures. That's probably how Leopold feels about Regina. Like, you get everything you want other than love, stop crying about it and just be the queen and do your job. He doesn't love her the way that he loved Snow's mother. That's very apparent. The one thing I'll say is that he makes a very blatant threat. It almost sounds like he was going to punish Regina for the thing in the diary and basically tells the genie, go find the man who did this. I'm sorry. He he may, he threatens to punish Regina. He locks her in her room. To the genie, though. Oh. When he's talking to the genie, he says, what will you do with, when I find him? And he says, that's for me to worry. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does lock it. So it's funny. At first, I thought he was a good royal. Like, oh, maybe he's actually uh, not a bad person. And then I think he's a more complicated person. I think he's also very much like George. I think he's unhappy. I think once he lost his actual wife, he kind of turned into not his a good person. His actual wife as opposed to his current actual wife. I mean, like, he, that, I never actually understood why he married her in the first place, to be quite honest. That always seems strange to me. And yeah, they don't seem, I mean, they're sitting on opposite ends of the table during this, like, dinner and the queen's over here and the king with snow's over here. You're like, what is this nonsense? I mean, that sounds like the worst marriage I've ever seen in my life. It is nonsense. And it's really sad when we'll learn later about, like, how their marriage came to be and, like, why. And that's just even more sad. So, doesn't Snow see this? Like, Snow at this point is old enough that she should know something's wrong here. Yeah, I don't... She she seems... I mean, in in the scenes that we see her in, in the, in the Enchanted Forest in King Leopold's Kingdom, she seems like what you might expect of the traditional fairy tale Snow White. Like, I love my father. He's the best. You're making me blush. Uh, which is not the snow that we know at all. Well, and also she just completely seems unaware that the queen is over there sitting there miserable. Yeah. Like, if that were her mother, she would have noticed that. Well, and I mean, like, from what we know of Snow, she... She notices things like that. She's very perceptive. Like, she notices the huntsman. Yeah. She notices things. Yeah, she notices all the things. I don't know. I mean, that she's yo- presumably younger. Um, she's not that young. No, I mean, so. she's not that young. But, like, the things that we've seen so far from Snow White all happen after this. But not much further. That's true. Because the huntsman actually is pretty much right after this. Yeah, that's because true. the king has just died in that episode. That's so. true. And she notices immediately that the huntsman doesn't thank her. So she should have noticed that Regina... And maybe this is when she started to realize that Regina was probably behind it. Because I think she says, I know that she killed my father. Let's, we, we talked about Leopold, and now that we mentioned uh, Snow. We get one little scene uh, of Mary, Margaret, and David. The affair being in full force. 
That was a very nice romantic picnic that David put together for them. I wonder what his marriage would look like if he put in that kind of effort with Catherine. I know. Well, and Mary Margaret trying to rationalize the the situation without telling Emma and Sydney what's actually going on was just hilarious. Maybe if you're doing a good thing and it, or you're doing a bad thing, but if for the right reason, maybe it's not so bad. And, then, and you can tell Emma's like, what are you talking about? Well, and it's interesting because this, this like B plot in Storybrooke actually ties in sort of to what's happening in the Enchanted Forest with Regina, Sydney, and King Leopold, uh, which is not a good look for Mary Margaret and David. <laughs> The only difference is that Regina isn't trying to have an affair. She's manipulating events, whereas Snow is, or Mary Margaret is trying to have an affair. Yes, exactly. Also, I don't think Mary Margaret and David are, are going to be killing uh, a king in this situation. <laughs> Who knows? Well, we'll find out. Oh, last thing about Jeannie. He loves his mirror puns. I should say Sydney Glass. But he can't go an episode without making some sort of pun about a mirror. Sydney Glass talks like a hard-boiled noir detective from, like, the 1920s. Like, we'll figure out what she's doing, and it all falls apart. It crumbles. And, like, we all we need is a crack in the mirror. Like, who talks like that? I mean, I guess, like, a, a National Enquirer-style reporter, which maybe that was his, his role at the Daily Mirror. <laughs> well, the Daily Mirror was basically a tabloid, right? I, I mean, it's presumably the only paper in town. Yeah. It, it seems like Sydney wrote it as a tabloid, but it theoretically shouldn't be a tabloid. It should report on town business. Yeah, but we're meant to believe that it's highly skewed. It's yes. not reliable. Like yes. Most people treat it as like, there's, you know, there's flaws with this. Um, Who do you want to go to next? Well, I just want to, I just want to like walk through the steps of <laughs> Regina's plot in the Enchanted Forest. We can also do that in Storybrooke. Yeah. But this, this was truly masterful. He... She sees that the genie is immediately taken with her when they meet. She identified a desperate soul. She identified a desperate soul, absolutely. She exaggerates her loneliness to him and expresses her love to him. I don't think she exaggerated I that. Okay, but she she spoke to him about it. Normally yeah. a queen would not deign to speak about her feelings with a commoner. Sure. Um, she picks her mark perfectly. She writes about her feelings in her diary, which was clearly, like, she meant for the king to find that. She knew that he was going to read it. She procures Agravon Vipers. How did she do that? Like, I don't... She her was, father. Yeah. How? How? How did he do that? But he was still... He probably has connections, right? Because he was the prince at one point? Sure. Ship me, ship me some of those poisonous snakes. I mean, that's not unreasonable. He's like the seventh son of a seventh son. He's not going to be king anytime soon. Still more important than 90% of the people. That's true. Uh, She ropes her father into giving those to the genie. Still unclear how much he was in on this plot. It's, It's just really, I can't, I feel like he must have been in on it because he would not have agreed to provide the snakes to Regina so that she could kill herself. Like he wouldn't have agreed to that. I will say if he truly thought that she was so miserable and felt so trapped, I could see him rationalizing it. The same way that he rationalized some of the things that she had to suffer under her mother, you can maybe see that he was... But I doubt it. I agree with you that I think he was in on the plot to kill the king. Then she convinces the genie that it's his idea to kill the king. Like, he... The genie thinks that it is his idea. She planted... She incepted that idea into the genie's brain. And then this was a little unregina like 
she actually gets a little teary-eyed in the conversation with the genie. Like, I'm not trying to say that she's, like, actually in love with the genie. But she does express, like, she feels kind of bad for him in some way. Like, she secures safe passage for him out of the kingdom, which is not a very Regina-like thing to do. Like, normally Regina would just be like, thanks, I'm done with you, breaking your neck now. Or, like, let him be executed for his crime. Yeah. I don't think she hated him. I think she actually felt sorry that she needed to manipulate him to get what she wanted and actually had some remorse for it. So she was like, I did this terrible thing. Because at this point, she isn't yet the evil queen. She's right. just a sad queen. Yep. So it does make sense that she would actually feel some remorse. And even at one point, she kind of has to like buck herself up to do the evil thing that we're used to hearing Regina talk like. Like At first, she isn't really talking like that, and then she kind of breaks him. Yeah. So it kind of makes some sense that at that point in time, she hadn't been that person for a long period of time. Yeah. But that was brilliant. Way to go, Regina. That was a Rumpelstiltskin-like series of events to just go through. That was her playing 15 steps ahead. Oh, yeah. She manipulated everybody. The king gets manipulated. The genie gets manipulated. I think her father gets manipulated. Well done. Well done. And then she does it again in Storybrooke. It's amazing. It's also surprising. How so? Because she can't do this typically. She's terrible at seeing more than like the step ahead of her and often makes mistakes that we've said in previous episodes about how she loses the things she wants. But this time she finally figures it out and is like, oh, let's be a little bit more subtle, not be so reactive, and I get exactly what I want. Yeah. It, it's, straight, it's like she finally learned from her mistake 11 episodes in. I mean, she's the queen and she's used to getting exactly what she wants. So it makes sense that it might take her some time to figure out. How to deal with this situation. Okay. I guess she hasn't been challenged for as long as anyone can remember. I mean, even... Obviously, there was some plotting going on in the Enchanted Forest, like, well before the curse. But, like, once she becomes the evil queen, she's pretty used to people just doing everything that she says all the time. I mean, other than, like, the Huntsman. Oh, sure. And Snow White and Charming and all of the people that fight her and defy her. Even, I think, the townspeople at some point... I mean, like... It's not like everyone just bows to her every way. She's used to having a kind of scheme and plot. I mean, she even, um, in Hansel and Gretel, she doesn't get the kids to do it. She has to steal their father first. That's so she's true. used to plotting a little bit. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean, she fired Sidney from the paper. He's a disgraced reporter, which apparently is a thing that the mayor can do. She got him fired, actually, which is, that is a reasonable thing a mayor could do. Uh, she bulldozes Henry's castle to make Emma angry. And also hurts Henry in the process. That was so ice cold to do that to her own son. It really was. Like, why couldn't they just... And that playground was nice. It was on the beach. It was beautiful. She goes back and forth on whether or not I believe she cares about Henry or not. Yeah. Uh, She deliberately misplaces documents so that Emma would be suspicious. I think Regina has been planning this for three weeks, which is kind of impressive. She works with Sydney to orchestrate that phone call so it could be heard over the bugs. It probably wasn't even a phone call. She probably just, like, said it out loud in her office because the phone wasn't bugged. As Sydney notes, it was the office. She orchestrates a shady meeting with Mr. Gold in the woods and pays for it in cash that he's carrying around in a briefcase. So shady. She plants documents on her computer for Emma to find that are just vague enough so that it will seem like she's doing something shady. And then, I think this is the really masterful piece, she tells Sydney to show those photos to Emma, which was, like, the thing that really pushed Emma over the edge. Then she puts on a show at the city council meeting so that Emma will, like, stand up to her. 
And then this is like the, perhaps the most ridiculous part. She completes construction on this park without any permits at all. Like the thing that she did actually was still illegal. That's the bizarre part. <laughs> is that like even if your intentions are great, you still broke the law. Yeah, you can't just like decide to buy land without approval from anyone as the mayor. That is not a thing that you can do. Unless you get it from Mr. Gold and thus no one asks any questions. Also, we actually saw a city council meeting. We did. It was a real city council meeting, which I love how the city council meeting is set up, which is like there's the place for people to watch. Totally makes sense. And then there's the council members facing Regina. And she's sitting in the front like she's on a fucking throne. Like the queen. Like, that is not how city council meetings are set up. <laughs> how much power does this mayor have? Too much power. Question. Too much power. Okay. Real quick. Gold. I'm confused about what his play is in this episode. He seems to help Regina, but then he seems to be trying to warn Emma... Is he trying to get Emma to kind of hit this low point so that he maybe can get an ally? Because he alludes to that at the end of the episode. But he absolutely could have intervened and been like, why are you stupid enough to be trusting Sydney?" And he doesn't. He just lets it go. And he, he makes the emotional entanglements thing and then he lets it go. But he sees this coming a mile away. Oh, yeah. He looks so disappointed at the city council meeting. I wrote he looks so disappointed in Emma. Yeah. Um, I, that's a good question. I'm not really sure... I mean, maybe he saw it as inconsequential. Like, he was like, I'm going to make $50,000, and this doesn't really seem that important to me. Um, he also might see it as, like, he needs to build a fire. Like, Emma currently sort of, not that she has what she wants, but, like, she gets to see Henry. Like, she she's the sheriff. She lives in the town. And, like, it, things have sort of, like, plateaued, and he needs to, like, kickstart things forward. He needs a more desperate soul, one would say. He does need a more desperate soul, for sure. Also, that barb that Emma throws at Regina about we all know what happens to people that stand up to the mayor. That was dirty. That was dirty. Oh, you think it's referencing Graham? Absolutely think it's referencing Graham. But didn't she believe he died of natural causes? That's what she said. But then I maybe Henry convinced her that it's ridiculous that a 30-year-old died of natural causes. Also, speaking of ridiculous, who carries a keychain with keys... That just have skulls on them? And she even says, what does this open? I don't know, maybe the thing you were searching around with Graham in. Like, did you ever consider that the crypt might be where the skeleton keys are from? I know, like, how literal are you actually trying to be, Regina? Like, you put a skeleton on the skeleton keys. That's nuts. It's like you want someone to find out. It's it's really bad. Can, can we talk about Emma, please? Yeah. Her superpower was broken. It was really broken. I, I think that it was working. At, she didn't trust... Sydney at the beginning. She doesn't trust anyone. That's just normal behavior. She seems very skeptical when he comes to her and wants to meet in like this weird tunnel in the middle of the woods and talk like a noir detective. Um, and then I think that she she's desperate. Like she wants to believe this so badly so that she can get Regina because she's been trying to do that for a while and she's had some successes, but like nothing that like actually gives her any control. Yeah, I mean. Sydney overplays his hand a couple times. Yeah, he does. And she just lets it go. I think the thing that I find the most concerning is that at the end of the episode, after she's been tricked, she still trusts Sydney. And also, what's weird to me about this is that she somehow gets tricked by Sydney, but is able to determine what Mr. Gold had been plotting the entire way, whose, whose plan was way deeper and way more intricate, and she pieces it together. And doesn't think that the weak-willed Sydney Glass might be being manipulated by Regina? I think, I mean, yes, she should absolutely 
absolutely should pick up on that. I think she might be like, this man couldn't possibly trick me. He's so bad at everything. Oh, so it's an ego thing. Yeah. Because, like, even when he talks about, like, well, let's break the rules and let's do all the things. And she's like, no, fruit of the poisonous tree. And it's like, hello, he's trying to get you caught. Just, Emma was, her superpower is not that strong this episode. It it doesn't work. We should not listen to Emma in this episode. No, not at all. I also, back to what you were saying about how you, like, felt bad for Regina in this episode. At one point in Storybrooke, she says, you see me as the villain, Miss Swan, but that's just your perception. And I'm not trying to say that she's not the villain for killing the king in this episode, but it do, they do, like, I, 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 you know, a lot of, there's a lot of stories that try to show, like, the background of the villain so that we, like, understand their you motivations a bit them. more. And I, like, we do see some of that here. Um yeah, I think you. I think most people see themselves as the hero of their own story. Yeah. And in Regina's mind, she's playing the hand she was dealt because all the things that have happened to her. We know Snow has done something unforgivable to her at some point in her life. We know that her husband doesn't love her. We know that she's not able to have a child. I don't know if it's that she can't have a child, but she just doesn't have a child. She doesn't have to have a child with. So you do get a bit of like, yeah, what you're doing is screwed up. But you kind of also, like, maybe understand why you're so screwed up personally. Also, her choice, uh, her dress choice as the queen, great. Oh, yeah, very Love similar it. to the, um, the burgundy-colored yep. velvet dress. Love the velvet dresses. She can really pull those off. She can rock those dresses quite well. Yeah, no, I actually, I liked as Regina, she's manipulative. I liked as Madame Mayor, she's manipulative. But, yeah, in both cases, there's a sense of vulnerability, like, I don't like the fact that you were taking my son away from me because that's what she is really bothered by, that Emma and Henry have a special place that she knows nothing about and she feels like she's the third person in her own, you know, like, co-parenting situation. And then, obviously, as the queen, she's always behind the, the actual queen, quote-unquote. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think there is some motivation in this one. It's a good it's a good Regina episode. I, I am shocked that she was this devious, quite honestly, based on what we'd seen previous. Like, this was like, oh, okay, she is... Very devious. And she got exactly what she wanted. She threatens Emma with a restraining order, and Emma knows that that is a thing that she could do. So what's interesting about that is they alluded towards this earlier when Archie stood up to her. Uh-huh. And it's interesting that the restraining order is enough. Like, it almost seems like a bit of a bluff, because truth be told, if she took that to court, all the things that she has done to Henry, I don't know if the court's going to rule on either one side. I mean, it would be pretty bad. I mean, a lot of the things that she's done to Henry are things that other people wouldn't believe or don't think are true. Yeah, but if the therapist is saying this woman sure. isn't fit, that's a like that's the argument, right? If yeah. the therapist who's the one who's treating him says that you're a bad mother, most courts are going to be like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the medical professional here. Like, cool, she may have done this bad thing, but I know you're bad. Yeah. I also think, I mean, Regina has a tendency to think that she has more control of a situation than she actually does. So I'm sure she still thinks, <laughs> not only did she make this masterful plot and make this occur, but like, of course things would go my way because I am the queen and everyone does what I say. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Anyone else you want to touch on? We already talked about David and Mary Margaret. I just... It's not what Snow White would do. It's this is a, really not what Snow White would do. This is actually... Well, she even says, like, um, we need to figure out what we're doing. And then just completely swept away. And it's like, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. Like, she knows. She knows she should not be doing this. And just doesn't care. Yeah. That's, uh... 
It's the very opposite of what Snow White would do. Although I guess I mean we spend a lot of time talking about the like palpable electricity between yeah. them, and I don't know how you would ignore that. I I get it, and which why I don't blame her a ton. It's his yeah. fault. He's the one who should be. It's true. Either leaving his wife or not doing this. I but don't. she is complicit. Oh yeah, definitely complicit. Also, want to talk about the stranger. We've been calling him August, and I realized that we actually don't know that that's his name yet. Um, Sorry, listeners. Strange Um, man. The stranger. Uh, Henry talks to him again, just talking to strangers again. And this time, the stranger approaches him, which is even creepier. He's like, what you doing? And it's so cute. Henry's, like, trying to rewrite his book because he doesn't have his book. Henry does make a good point about, like, you seem awfully interested in me and my book. He literally says that, yeah. Which seems like the definition of stranger danger. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is interested in you. Run away. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, because, I mean, theoretically, he could kidnap him and take him out of town. It's true. He's the only person. He came into town, he could leave town. So, I don't know. Be careful. And we do do find out that the stranger is the one that took the book. Um, yep. from the castle before it got destroyed. The playground castle, not the real castle. Um, I don't know, so the second castles. playground is shaped like a castle and looks unsafe and bizarrely evil. I mean, I get it's supposed to be in the Mall of the Evil Queen's Castle, but, like, who has a metal, like, siding with, like, spikes and points and be like, this is what little kids should play on? Well, and also, you're like, yeah, it's the Evil Queen's Castle, but before it was the Evil Queen's Castle, it was King Leopold's Castle. Yeah. Like, they lived there. He designed that castle or someone before him. Like, it was not designed by an evil queen. I don't know why it looks so pointy and scary. And why is it in the middle of the woods as opposed to just right on the beach? That was <laughs> that was one of my biggest questions. So at the end, when Henry is at the park and he's talking to Emma on the walkie-talkie, is Henry just, like, alone at this park in the middle of the woods like how did he even get there the how did those people there. get there the stranger <laughs> took him definitely Regina like, does not watch him very well right and and I understand they live in a small town that's very safe like he's 10 years old it's he doesn't need a constant babysitter and all his people are cursed right but like how, like how did he even get out there like Emma and Sydney had to drive for a while to get out to this location and somehow he gets out there Regina couldn't possibly be there because she would see Emma, like, talking with Henry on the walkie-talkie. Like, maybe there's some sort of babysitter there, but, like, there's that's not alluded to at all. I think Regina is actually fine with Henry and Emma having this conversation because it's getting what she wants, mm. which is Emma having to admit that I lost and I can't see you now. So I think she did that intentionally. Yeah. Um, we also see Emma in her blue jacket again. Yeah, the blue jacket... So it's a nice parallel, actually, because the blue jacket and the blue dress. Oh, yeah. So that, this is one of the rare times the blue jacket doesn't bother me, but let's let's be done with this blue jacket already, please. Let's go back to the red jacket. Also, weird clothing things. When Regina, or uh, when Emma and Sydney break into Regina's office, Regina, when Regina shows up, she's wearing jeans, and I don't think I've, like, ever seen Regina wear jeans, like, no. at any other time in the whole show. Which kind of worked, because it seems like she came from the middle of the night. Yeah. Also, that lie that... Emma tells is so blatantly bad. Except it's like it's not really a lot. I mean, obviously she's lying because they broke in, but like, like she's like, "Well, I'm here because I'm the sheriff." Like that, it makes a lot of sense. That's like, not the lie part I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Which lie are you talking about? The some kids broke in. Oh yeah, it's and, a bad lie. And then on top of that, it's she asks Sydney, "What did you see?" I was on a walk and there were some kids with a rock. And she, like, Emma does the Regina thing to Sydney that Regina does to Sydney earlier. I was like, he's running for a sheriff. I am? Oh, I am. It's it's basically the inverse of that <laughs> of that scene. Ugh, also, we need to talk about not not just that Regina manipulated Sydney into this, but that gross, like, leg touching at the end. Like, 
what does he think he's going to get out of this? Oh, that's a stupid question. I'm sorry. I think I know what he thinks he's going to get out of this. Let me explain you something about men. <laughs> but I guess... He's in love with her. You had asked when we were watching, like, what what are Sydney's cursed memories? Like, what does yeah. he think happened between him and Regina? Because she would not have... So she would not have made a curse where she, he actually got her. No. So he's just desperately pining for her? Yeah. And she's single in this world. There's no other man. So I, it's bizarre. And obviously, the way he looks at her is like, wow, that is lust, longing. And she's smirking. I mean, she's toying with him. And, physically and emotionally. And it, it's, it, like, it's a good question. How, like, at what point did he agree to this, to, to work with Regina through this plot? Like, did she come to him and say, I'm going to fi- get you fired from the newspaper and you're going to help me with this? Or did, like, he was clearly upset about, like, I mean, he's dr- he's day drinking at Granny's Diner because he has no job. Why are you presuming that any of this is true? Any of what? Well, he definitely doesn't work at the paper anymore. Says who? The, I mean, he, he, like, people would know if he did, if he was still working at the paper. He could be on assignment. She could have said, you're going to take a leave of absence. She could have said, you're fired, knowing that he's going to get his job back right when he's done with this whole thing. The whole okay. thing was an elaborate setup. Okay, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, this has been a lot. I don't think he approached her. I think she told him, this is what we're going to do. I guess my point was, I no, I don't think he approached her either. But my point was, how how weak is Sydney really? Like, did she fuck him over? And then later was like, I need your help. And he was like, yes, please. I would love to help you. I don't think she needed to. I mm. think she, I think the entire time this was the plan. And even if she did, he would still do it. I also, she is so good at like flattering him when she's like the, cutting the brakes. That was a stroke of genius. Just like, oh, Regina. <laughs> you mean just string him on just enough to okay. make it seem like he's going to get what he wants? Absolutely. Master manipulator in this episode. Do you have any other thoughts before we talk about favorite moment? This is a low point for Snow. And I thought she was at a Mm. low point in the um, episode where David leaves her. Emotional low point in that one. Decision-making low point in this one. Yeah. Both actually in the Enchanted Forest and in Storybook because she can't even tell that, like, at the very least, if your father was ignoring his wife, wouldn't you, as let's say an 18 or 19 year old, you know, daughter and be like, hey dad, I think your wife is unhappy. Yeah. Feel like that's a quick conversation that could have saved you a lot Or of like, trouble. it would also very much, even if she doesn't talk to her father, like it would be very much in her character for her to try to be nice to Regina. Yeah, and be like, hey, what's wrong? I see that you're sad. I saw that you, like, nope, nope. Like this almost plays to like the, almost a little bit like what we'll learn later with the mother. We're like, maybe she was more self-absorbed than, we thought and just didn't care that Regina was unhappy. Maybe that's why Regina has some, uh, you know, malice towards her. Like, you didn't seem to care either. Because she's very clearly miserable. Like she says, no one noticed my absence and she's the queen! Yeah. This isn't a random person disappearing. Like, um, I think in the previous episode, James disappears and George is like, your absence is noticed. Yeah. Because, you know, you're a royal. (laughs) That's ridiculous. You're supposed to be here. Yep. Yeah. I, it is a low point for Snow and David, we get a little less David in this episode than we do Snow. Yeah, I think we get one snippet of David and then he's gone. Yeah. Just the picnic. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see how that works out. The last thing I'll touch on is I think this shows why Snow 
has such a low opinion of royals. And part of me wonders if that, as much as she loved her father, she realized that he maybe wasn't a great man either. Yeah, I think that that's true. And so if that's the best man she's ever had in her life, and he was a bad royal, she's probably assuming that all royals must be even more terrible. That's true. Favorite moment? I don't know that I have, like, a single moment that is a favorite. I have a couple, so I'll let you go first while I'm debating it. Okay. I have a couple of most ridiculous, so we can <laughs> get enough. to that later. Fair enough. Um, my favorite moment is the genie getting stuck in the mirror. I just think that that was... Like, it was, like, brilliant plotting. Like, on Regina's part, but also just, like, the story of it. Because, like, the magic mirror in Snow White is, like, we have no idea. We we just assume it's some sort of, like, enchantment that that the queen makes on the mirror to tell her that she's beautiful. <laughs> um, but we've seen Sydney the mirror. We've seen the mirror before speaking to Regina, and we had no idea, like, how that came about. And we obviously have seen Sydney before, and didn't we didn't know anything about his backstory. And getting, like, having it be from a wish that he knew he shouldn't make, getting him stuck in that mirror, is, it it was just, it's so, like, sad and, like, fitting for his character. And just that, like, I mean, Regina looks freaked out when he makes the the wish and then, like, disappears. She's like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Like, I just got everything I wanted. And now this dude makes a wish on a lamp. And then he shows up in the mirror and she just looks like delighted. Like she's just like, you just got everything you deserved. Yeah, no, that that's a great moment. Uh, I actually do know what my favorite moment is. Mr. Girl just appearing out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just funny and it's ridiculous and he seems to always be right on time. He's not in this episode much, but just him appearing in the middle of the woods. No one really seems to again question it. What are you doing out in the woods? Oh, I'm making a business transaction in the middle of the night with a briefcase full of cash. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Do, sure. Doing a spot of gardening. It's fine. Just just, just hanging out here. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. that That's my favorite. That's a good moment. Most ridiculous moment? Everything that the genie does. <laughs> <laughs> that, that... How did he not see this coming? He, he knew the vipers were from his land. He knew that the vipers were going to kill the king. Didn't think that maybe this was going to be traced back to you? I, I get that love blinds you, but boy... That was like, he's, uh, what does he say to Leopold? I've been genie longer than you've lived, which means he's lived a long time and couldn't see through that. And he's seen a thousand and one wishes go wrong and still made a wish for himself that ended very badly. Everything the genie does. Everything. I have three. Woo! Um... Speaking of just not paying attention, the king thinking that what Regina wrote in her diary was, like, not meant for him to find. Like, he doesn't know Regina at all. Like, he doesn't know her at all. Regina would never write that in a diary. Well, she would also, she would just never say, use that flowery language. Like, this man has awoken the love in me. Like, come on. Um, That's just not... King Leopold, like, step it up. <laughs> that is language that his deceased wife would use. Probably. And that's language that Snow White would use. Very manipulative on Regina's part. Yeah. Um, the genie instructing the snakes to kill the king. Like, he just points his finger. And are we meant to believe that, like, because the genie is from Agrabah, he has control over the vipers? Like, there isn't actually... We don't have any evidence of the genie being magical other than that he can grant a wish. Like, he doesn't do other magical things. 
at all. So like mm. I don't I don't I don't know what that's about. Um They they sense a like soul. Yeah. He's a snake, they're snakes, you know. And as a person that has worked in city planning projects for a long time, it is truly ridiculous that this rally ground was just built overnight with no permits and no one was concerned that like no one approved the building of this playground. With That's why it's funds. so unsafe because there were no permits to make it safe. With funds that were deliberately embezzled. Did she even explain why she was um, hiding it? Was it supposed to be a surprise? It was supposed to be a surprise for the town. That's what mayors are responsible for. Fun surprises for the town. Surprise buildings. Um, I can't imagine that we have a different loser of the episode. <laughs> it must be the same. Sydney is absolutely the loser of this episode. Nope. You don't have Sydney? No. Sydney. Sydney's a weak man, and he loses, and he is my runner-up. But, is... but I expect him to lose, because he always loses. There is someone who I expect to have a superpower to not get tricked by a fool. Emma, she interesting. Absolutely lo- she lost him. No, I'm not trying yeah. to say she's not the loser, but... She's the loser. I, I think the genie loses this episode if there is no Sydney B story, but Sydney successfully tricks Emma. I guess that's true. He does successfully trick Emma. And in his mind, he's getting what he wants. Because again, he gets Regina to put his her hand on his leg, and obviously he's she's gonna love him one day. Just all he's gotta do is like a thousand and more wishes, and one day she'll love him. He's being manipulated, but as far as he's concerned, victory. Okay, no, I, I I'll accept that. I think getting trapped in the mirror is so bad, bad. that I. <laughs> but so even though it is a prison, he still does get to see the woman he loves all the time. But she, she's always out of his reach. That's true whether he's in that mirror or not. Yeah, but he doesn't know that because he's a sad man. <laughs> he's a weak man. He's a sad man. He is the weakest of men. Who's your winner? Regina. Ten <laughs> down. Amazing plotting on both fronts. She set Emma back and she got exactly what she wanted. If I ranked winners, I would say Regina, nobody, <laughs> everybody else. She swept. Th- this is the best win she may pull the whole series. Like, she was fantastic. She was plotting. Even Gold looks kind of defeated. It was like, how did you fall for that? I mean, this is, this is Regina at her best. I, yeah. yeah I don't even, I don't even have a second place. I don't have a third place. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, Definitely I mean, not. absolutely well done. She manipulates everything. She's able to convince people in the town that it's okay for her to embezzle funds <laughs> and build secret projects. It's true. Uh, maybe, maybe the other winner is uh, The Stranger because he has the book. Yeah, he wanted the book and he got it. But that's such a... Yeah, that's too small. We don't know what he wants it for. That's a piece it's... of popcorn compared yeah. to Regina getting the whole theater. Regina's I mean, the winner for sure. Clear victory here for Regina. Well, next week, we're going to watch Season 1, Episode 12, Skin Deep, which is a Rumpelstiltskin-focused episode. What are you looking forward to? Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> we, so Gold's been in the background of the last two. He popped up his Rumpel real mm-hmm. quick in 7.15. He popped up... A couple times, maybe three times in this episode. Mostly in the woods for no apparent reason. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I want to learn more about Rumpel. They still haven't answered the questions. The stranger having the book is probably my most pressing oh, question yeah. right I wanna now. I want to know what he's going to do with that book. Will Henry learn to stop talking to strangers? I, I really would like this question answered. Does I... Regina care about Henry? It seems to go back and forth. I mean, this was unusually cruel of her to just bulldoze Henry's spot. Like, even if you don't like that it's a secret place... You don't bulldoze it. Yeah. And if she'd have bulldozed it and rebuilt it, okay, maybe. She bulldozed it and then put it in the middle of the woods, which makes it even more ridiculous and hard for him to get to. It's ridiculous. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, she just wanted to punish Emma, and she didn't care that Henry was collateral damage. Yep. Um, I also really want to know what those skeleton keys are for. Like... (laughs) 
that is just like who has a key ring like that? Why wasn't that more shocking to Emma? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They like they like plant that <laughs> to show us like what are we gonna do with these? But... Well, and like okay, all the things that Henry have said to her are ridiculous. But if I see like a skeleton key thing here, and we know that she has a crypt that she goes to. It's true. This would, like, start to piece some things together. That's weird. Why do you have these keys? That would have been my first question the next time I saw Regina. Hey, I came across this uh, key of, like, this ring of keys that have skeletons on it. What the hell? But then she would have had to admit to searching her office. Yep. <laughs> Worth it. Because I'd like to know why you have keys with skeletons Please arrest on me. I need to know what these are for. Yeah, I'll arrest myself. It's fine. Just tell me the truth here. Well, um, thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to next week when we watch Season 1, Episode 12, Skin Deep. See you next week.